you're having tea with Alice. I'm just back in Sydney from Melbourne, trying to get back in the swing of things, coming up to December, trying to get some uh, corporate gigs if I can to, to tide me over. It's a sort of a quiet period, December, January, so we'll figure it out as we go. This conversation is with Tegan Higginbotham. It's the first of two parts because we had a very long and interesting conversation and I think I owed Tegan from the last time we talked where uh, it was in a very loud cafe and um, I think our voices sounded a bit too similar for easy listening and I think this is much better. It was a quiet conversation and we had time to really stretch out. Uh, I've, I've, I've split it into two parts anyway, so the second part should come out next week or the week after depending on if I want to do it as a... Uh, immediate sequel or otherwise anyway thank you so much for listening for seeing it through seeing it through with this podcast through this period which has been now a couple of months of my mum being sick and and obviously then after her death things were on hiatus and a bit jumbled I really appreciate you listening if you enjoy the podcast share it with friends um, or tweet about it or do something else nice maybe not even for me just just do something nice for the world uh that was meant to be a more targeted plug but I think I pulled out uh, for fear of narcissism I don't know anyway uh I'm doing gigs in Sydney a couple of them look me up uh email me on alisarfraser at gmail.com if you'd like to chat I would love to see you around oh and um I'll be plugging my new show soon anyway see you next week You're having tea with Alice. I'm going to talk this out and this is me talking things through. That's what this podcast is. No one knows what's right or wrong anymore. That's a really interesting point, I think, because we don't have... An idea of nobility, really, that is valid in our society. No, and I th- you can't say someone's a virtuous man without it coming across as slightly snide. It's old worldy. Like I was, um, I was walking through this just on the way here. I was working through um the station to get on the tram and stuff, and a man sneezed, and under my breath, I said, "Bless you." Now, that is an outdated thing. Mm. When we're sneezing these days, we're not worried that we've got the black plague or the black lung or whatever it was we're not even worried that Ebola is over here um that's a really outdated thing to do but it feels polite so Mm. what we've done is we've held on to all of these traditions and rituals and manners that are outdated and really just not relevant anymore but we haven't come up with new ones like etiquettes on when you call people etiquettes on texting etiquettes on 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 phones technology how you interact with people online the way that we are interacting now is all new to us and it's it's advancing very quickly but we don't have the manners to go along with that so we've got all these outdated things that don't really matter anymore like whether I say bless you to somebody when they sneeze Mm. and I'll have people calling me at 11 p.m on a Sunday night to discuss work and they think that's completely acceptable which in my head it's not totally not but there's no rules I didn't turn off my phone so do I need to do that now you know what I mean so it's we are we're very lost we don't know what's right and wrong anymore and I don't know if we're going to find what's right and wrong very easily because um well I think it's also that rudeness doesn't have the penalty that it used to I think everyone would accept that calling you on Sunday at 11 p.m to discuss work is rude mm. but rudeness might be 
a virtue now. People are telling other people, you know, all this kind of startup stuff. Just don't take no for an answer. Just bull ahead. You can't care what other people think about you. Yeah. A lot of the things like, you know, a district or Kanye, for example. Yes. He's quite rude. He does seem a little bit rude. Yes. He's he's got these qualities which would not have been considered acceptable. His arrogance and his self-aggrandizement would have yeah. been seen as morally bad. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they are now. I think people admire that. Yeah, well, he's he's a powerful guy and he's good at what he does and he's done anything to get to the top. You know, these are all traits that we do respect nowadays. Mm. And in a similar way that the feminists can argue that they have the right to be over the top and a little bit crueler because they've women have been stepped on for so many years, Kanye, as an African-American man, could be arguing very similar things. My people have been have been second-class yeah. citizens for so long, so Certainly fuck you I've... all. I'm going to overdo it now to prove that I am the one who is in charge. I am the king, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I do think he sees it as a sort of a performance art thing. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating to watch and it's, yeah, we don't know what's right and what's wrong on so many levels. We don't know what direction we're meant to well, be going we in. We know, or... but we don't know how to make that a social thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe somebody needs to write a book. You know, maybe somebody just needs to be like, I will be the voice on it and what is right and wrong, but who has that? Who's, you know, back in the day, we, we'd, we'd have people who would have that that role Sometimes I think I should start a religion just for fun. Yeah. I actually, um, a little while ago, my sketch comedy partner, Adam, and I, we were, um, we were putting together, we were going to put together a short series about modern-day etiquette. And back then it really was just a means of a platform for us to write jokes about stuff. But you do kind of think about it. You go, no, 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 we really do need, we need modern day etiquette. We need to, we need to figure out what's right and what's wrong. But by the time you get a book published, it's already, it's already kind of changed, yeah. which is why you write a blog and you're another voice on the internet with an yeah. opinion. Or you do a web series. Do a web series. And then you get death threats. With the ABC. And they are. And nobody watches it. Oh, no, that sounds like a bitter experience talking. Oh, no, it's more just that poor ABC2 is on its way out because the ratings aren't good enough and that breaks my heart because I actually love the, I love the network and I love the creators that ABC likes to work with. Um, I think they really are trying to find and uncover the next generation of comedy in Australia, but unfortunately uh, nobody watches it. Unfortunately nobody watches TV anymore. Oh, they do some shows. They still do some shows. People like a reality format. They people like... like a show that, I mean, this is the thing. You can't actually tell how many people are watching. You can only tell how many people are watching at a time on their television, which is not the same as how many people have actually seen the show. You know, I think that people also like to be part of a show that they believe is an event to a certain degree. Mm. And back before you had VCR so you can record everything or you had iView, there was an excitement of knowing that the world was watching an episode at the same time. Yeah. I think people are still drawn to that sort of excitement, but the only way you get that now is with shows that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, narrative. They are the reality-based ones and you can all get on Twitter like and you can sport. all talk about it at the same time, yeah. Or it's a big event like you're all watching Doctor Who at the same time, you know. it's People still want that feeling of being involved on a community and global, like, network. Maybe but the trick is to do something harder. like, you know, uh, Serial or have you listened to this podcast series? No. It's a true crime investigative series of podcasts where this – a detective or journalist character is under, trying to find out whether a man who was jailed 
for killing his girlfriend is or is not guilty. Mm. And it's sort of incredibly thrilling and it has all these cliffhangers. It's constructed as though it were a detective novel, but it's yeah. a true story. Yeah. As true as anything that is mm. put into a frame can be. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, I mean, it's got good word of mouth evident by my giving it more word of mouth. It's really fascinating. It's yeah, really engaging. Right. And I think it has a little bit of that, of it. You have to know what happens next. Yeah. Things like Breaking Bad or... What is interesting as well, and this brings me back to what I brought up before with Too Many Cooks. Mm-hmm. So Too Many Cooks is a, uh, it's a small sketch that's currently going around on the internet. You'll probably have seen it pop up on your Facebook feed at one point or another. Too Many Cooks is a sketch that's probably about, I think it's eight and a half to ten minutes long. Mm. It's very funny. Mm. I watched it because I saw a few people that I respect it's saying it's much that longer they, than the acceptable viral length. That's the thing. Now, what is interesting is that I've spoken to a couple of people. It was been it's been two people now who have watched two minutes and a half of it and have not continued watching it. And I was like, "Didn't you find it funny?" And they was like, "Oh no, no, no! I found it really, really funny. Like it's really funny." I was like, "Okay." do short sketches yeah you know one of my favorite sketch programs was the McAuliffe program and it's many different reincarnations and that would have long drawn out sketches where I believe the punchlines were worth it but you just don't have uh you don't have an audience's patience these days and I believe back in a when sketch was first coming on television the average sketch length was five to seven minutes yeah and now they just keep getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and, you know, they're going to keep getting shorter with things like the Vine where you can do... Six seconds. Six second sketches. You know, people just want an instant instant gratification. And, um, yeah. I thought, actually, this might be good for you as an actor because I'm not... Uh, I'm, I'm an excellent actor, but I don't act. Um, <laughs> so I thought of this. If I were an actor, what I would do is put Vines on my webpage, which were, like, me transitioning between different emotions. Yeah. So it's, like, you know, sad to happy, like calm to outraged and you just have like a bunch of them so that anyone who wanted to see you doing your acting could see you act yes well um youtube there's you're getting a lot more show reels up on youtube of people just showing their range on youtube mm. you're also getting a lot more cvs on youtube these days cvs for non-acting or just for no acting? for non-acting so people just going hi this is me this is what i do i work in this field i can do this 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 so that if you're a you're a boss and you're looking for somebody instead of just reading a piece of paper that's probably all lies if you're anything like me um <laughs> oh i lie um you can actually see somebody and get a get an idea of how they are and i I think it's good if you can conduct yourself well in front of a camera you can probably conduct yourself well in front of a person it's, I think it's really cool. But then you don't find out if they smell wrong or not. True, and the smell is a very important thing. Well, it is. I mean, I think that was one of the reasons why video dating didn't necessarily catch on. Oh, do you want to know something really interesting? Yes. So you know how we're all no. wearing... No, not on this podcast. <laughs> you know how we're all wearing so much Lynx and perfume and, and deodorants now? We're actually blocking the the senses that, oh. that mean that we're compatible for somebody. So a lot of the... What tells us that we're really good and match with somebody is the smell and whether those hormones connect and all that sort of stuff. I don't smells. This is a good thing. But I, I do wash in things that smell things, like things. Yeah. Well, I know that sometimes a man will walk past me and whether it's connected to something I smelled when I was younger, but I will instantly be like, fuck yes. 
Yeah. It is on. There is one particular comedian, and I won't name names, but he wears a fragrance that I'm into. And every time I see him, I'm like, I have a bit of a crush on you. So it's not, of her, not it's, you, it's just the smell. It's just the smell. It's all purely the smell. I marry your smell. But in a different world, I might pursue that person because of that smell. Yeah. And just be constantly when, you know, when we're having sex, when we're having coffee, be reinforcing this, this is good, this is what I want, this is good. The smell. Meanwhile, it all falls down because that's not, that's not right. But so much of what we do, um, so much of what we're attracted to is because of the smell. Like it's a much bigger factor than people realise. Because we, I think it's one of those things where we underrate it because we don't have the right vocabulary to articulate it. Mm. I think that's one of the big problems about everything. Uh, not about everything, but one of the... I mean, for example, any any area where there's a lot of dispute, feminism, mm-hmm. uh, we do not have terms to describe the different kinds of feminist. No, and, and, and most of the time, if you try to think of a term nowadays, it will probably be called derogatory or somebody will take offence to it and blah. Yeah, and, but I think descriptive terms are important. Like the term, yeah. the term Christian can mean so many different things. Yeah, and I wonder if you'd feel as equally set back if you were approached by a guy wearing full Pope clothes. Or... Well, no, for me, like, it's the chinos and the bowl cut, and then they <laughs> say, you know, and then you're like, ha, ha, ha. What percentage they are Christian. Huh. Because I've read the Bible. I know what the Bible says. Even the most extreme Christians now are well off what the Bible said. Yeah. They're not selling their daughters, etc. Mm. So, like, just tell me what it is you actually believe because the term is so broad that it can include the nice guy who is an accountant and just doesn't drink yeah. or swear to my friend Jared McKenna who is a faith activist and goes and gets himself arrested trying to stop uh, refugee children to the guy in America holding a gun I mean, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Well, you can't put a word on that because you can be 100% Christian and take that in either or any direction. It's, you know, faith is now less about what you actually adhere to rules-wise and more about what you morally, what you believe morally and it's more a personal thing. It's like trying to, if you had to sum up each, each person with one word, it's, it's kind of impossible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all Which a matter Which is why of... we need more distinct terms rather than less distinct terms. And we're leaning towards less distinct terms. You see, I'd, I'd go the opposite way. I think it's more about trying never to put people into certain groups because it just can't, you just can't do it. Everybody is so varied. We always have been, but we're really seeing now that everybody's... Aren't you just pretending everyone's a jellyfish? No, you're accepting that everybody is really different and you need to you need to be specific. You can still say, I don't like this person mm. or I do like this other person, but I think that you really need to get to know that person before you can make that assumption. And just because a person goes to a certain church, it doesn't mean that everybody else at that church has those same beliefs. At the same time, it is a human instinct to want to categorise people. It is, it is and absolutely. And to assess them, particularly for threat. Yeah, and I mean, look, I think that you can say to a certain degree, like if somebody's part of ISIS, yeah, whether they're a lovely gardener or not, they're probably a bit fucked up. You know, that I think that there are still ways that we can group people, just the same as if somebody's part of the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. The KKK, you know what I mean? But I'm a moderate clanner, you know. Ha! <laughs> you know, but there. so I think that there are actually still ways where we can 
judge people based on that stuff. And I think that we can still fulfill those judgy instincts of ours. Mm. But I think we do need to be careful because I realized in my recent days that I have become a bit of a, a Catholic basher. If somebody's Catholic, I'm like, Bleh. yeah, uh-oh. And that's, I need to be just as careful. Then I definitely need to introduce you to Jared. Yeah, well, I need to be really careful about how I approach that just as much as how I approach somebody who's Muslim or anything else. Mm. You know, it's, yeah, you really can't judge based on faith alone, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, you can't judge on faith alone. But if they're vote liberal, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of our beliefs are really irrational. Oh, yeah. Like, the people who, you know, people who don't have any faith can have really rational beliefs. Oh. Holy shit, this is something that I'm going to put in my show because it's, yeah, uh, they did this study on maths, mathematics, mm. um, and it, people who have strong political beliefs, if the maths looks like it has political implications that disagree with their beliefs, yeah, they can't do the maths right. Sorry, say that again. So, like, one global warming plus two global warmings equals... Zero global warmings. You can't do the maths mm. if it disagrees with you and your belief. I mean, it was a, I think it was a graph. They asked them to read the trend on the graph and whether it was going up or whether it was going down. If they thought Obama had improved the economy, they said it was going up. If they thought Obama had not improved the economy, they said it was going down. In fact, it was going neither up nor down. Interesting. They can't do the maths. Mm. Like you can't deal with reality or facts if you believe something. Yeah. So I do think that someone, if they say that they are of a faith, in almost any faith, you kind of go, oh. But yeah. also, you know, it's really hard to do because as we said before, we're in a time where nobody knows what to do. Mm. So if somebody finds something that gives them some stability, some sense of meaning, mm. you know, what's to say that that's wrong? As opposed to me who just read Beetle the Bard by J.K. Rowling. Uh, and thinks that it's actually more valuable than a lot of the children's stories that we read our own kids, the ones about, because the morals in there are so amazing, and that is what I think we should all be reading. You know what I mean? What's to say they're any different? So, two things. I got a lot of feedback from our last... Podcast. Did you? Because I was terrified of it. How was the feedback? There were two things. <laughs> One was that we were in a cafe and it was quite loud. Ah. Uh, which made uh, it difficult to listen to, which we've solved by doing this in Laura Davis's nice house. Lovely house. Uh, it is a lovely house as well. It is a lovely house. It's really pretty. It's very comfortable without being fancy. Yeah, I won't disclose too many details in case Laura Davies has stalkers who are going to come and hunt her down, but it's in a perfect area and it looks really beautiful from outside. It's lovely inside. Good house. Good house. Well done. Well done, Laura. Um, and the other th feedback was that we have the same voice. I was wondering if this was going to be a problem because I do think even when we were chatting, I thought, oh, we have a very similar, we, we have um, sometimes quite a similar rhythm as well. Yeah. Oh. So I will, uh, I don't, I, I, I can talk in my Cockney accent. No, please. <laughs> uh, I just think, I think partly that was contributed to by the noise. I think we do have slightly different, I think I have a slightly uh, pointier voice and you have a slightly roundier voice. Maybe. I'm uh, not sure. I try not to actually focus on what my voice is no, too much because every time I have it's it. been devastating. 
people are like listen back to what you did on the radio you'll learn lots i'm like no i won't i'll just i'll hate my voice that's what will happen yeah well i just don't think i sound like you because i sound like myself in my head mm. i think that the sound of yourself in your head is a different sound from what you actually sound like outside your head yeah it's very similar as the face that i see as being my face is actually really different to the face that shows up in photographs which is yes. why you look at photos and you're like oh that's a bad shot of me it's because whenever you look at yourself in the mirror you hold your face in a particular way and you you know you move your face how you like it so the real you is is a mishmash of that but also many other significantly uglier terrible faces <laughs> like i use my forehead a lot and i didn't realize until i've started doing a little bit more tv work that i'm very eyebrow raisy yeah and my head is most of the time creased um because uh-huh. i'm expressive and it's mm-hmm. it's how it is and uh, i just didn't realize that my head was like that and then i watched um it's a date actually back that aired this week why am i doing promo and um and I was like, oh, forehead, what's that? What's that all about? Yeah, well, I've got, yeah, no wrinkles. Mm. Mine stay as well. That's only happened this year. They stay a little bit more now. Mm. Signs of aging. I need Signs to get onto some Olay. What you want to be is like those jellyfish that never age and never have to think about anything and just float around in a sea of cocks. You calling Renee Zellweger a jellyfish? <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting controversy. It was an interesting controversy. Um, when I first saw the photo, I was actually, I was like, oh, no, because she was one of my favourites, was. She still is. And Bridget Jones was a hero of mine for many years. Um, so I was really upset that she might have succumbed to the world of, you know, plastic surgery and all that sort of stuff. And then a friend posted something where they compared the photos of Renee Zellweger before and Renee Zellweger now. And when you blocked out everything else, the only actual change I could see was that she hadn't maintained her eyebrows. That was the only thing that when you kind of covered up every other bit of her face bit by bit, I was like, well, her eyebrows are different. That's all I can see is actually different. Well, I think, you know, she also hasn't been in public for years and years and years. Yeah, so her face has changed with age as it does. But it's amazing how much impact eyebrows can actually have on the look of a face. It's like when you take celebrities and blank out their eyebrows, mm. you can sometimes have a lot of trouble picking who it is because they are such a key component. Of your face. Of your face. I, ju- I don't know. I think the underlying argument was very interesting because there were uh, there's this sort of you know feminist war that's going on back and mm. forth between whether you should be allowed to attack a woman for being vain or not. Yeah, I mean, the arguments surrounding feminism are actually quite interesting at the moment. I think was it uh, Selma Hayek received a, an award the other day for all the work that she does for women globally, mm. and in her acceptance speech denounced that she was a feminist. Said that she was not a feminist. Said that she was not a feminist um, because she believed in Now, this is me paraphrasing from an article that I skimmed through, but something along the lines of because she believed that she was fighting for men's equality just as much as females, which is, I think, the definition of feminism, which is just absolute equality for both sexes. But it really has become such a confused debate at the moment. And I think the question is then, if feminism has come to mean something that we don't understand it to mean... Do we accept that and find a new term to fight under or do we reclaim the term? Look, I think that the problem is, is these days with the internet being as wide and expansive as it is, you actually, I don't think you can do those things anymore because no matter how hard you work to say, give feminism one type of uh, definition, some blogger in a different country will write something that 
counters that and that will get a following and then somebody will write an article about the, the battle between you two and it's just there are too many opinions out there now. Well, there's this accusation of shrillness and nitpicking that's levelled at a white privileged feminists, which is, I think, relatively legitimate because those white privileged feminists on the internet are often talking in response to or directly to the most intense men's rights activist mm. trolls. Yeah. And so they think the world is like that, what the trolls are doing. And so, of course, they're outraged and shrill and intense. Someone who's moderate views yeah. is just finds that really confronting and doesn't want to be part of that fight. I think it's, and I, and I do apologize if we discussed this last time on the podcast. I know I've discussed it on a podcast recently. No, sorry. I think it might've been actually something different, but I just think that with every opinion now, you've got that Venn diagram, you've got the extreme right, the extreme left, and that small portion in the middle who are actually quite reasonable and willing to look on either side. And I think unfortunately with the internet, those two circles are drawing further and further apart. So that that reasonable minority, because I do believe in many ways that the reasonable it is it is a minority now. Mm. We are becoming less and less. So the discussion about what is feminism, unfortunately, is going to be louder now than the the drive towards feminism and inequality, mm. uh, simply because of the internet and because everybody believes they need to have a blog now or they need to be putting out an opinion on Twitter and we just don't have enough people actually doing the research and the travel and the study and the hard yards to really have an informed opinion. It's just people like myself, I'm part of this group. We sit at home, I read something and I go, I have an opinion on that, blah, blah, blah. Look my blog, everybody. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, and it's just, it's become such a big old jumble, you know, whether it's discussing feminism or Doctor Who, yeah. there's just, there's too many cooks. The interesting which strain. Which is a fabulous YouTube video. Too Many Cooks? Have you seen it yet? No. Mm, it's worth it. I'll look it up. Oh, also, yes, I'll discuss that later. I do have an opinion on that as well. Oh. Yeah. See, my the interesting strain that I'm finding is the, like, atheist, rationalist, male-dominated sort of atheist, militant atheist school with sort of Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins who are arguing things by logic and reason. Mm-hmm. And when they step onto turf that is deemed feminist, mm. there's some dangerous stuff that's happening there. Really interesting stuff where I'm not sure where I sit. Interesting, yeah. On it's sort of nitpicking when they say when they start debating, for example, culpability in rape cases or sexual assault cases where alcohol played a big factor. Yeah. And they'll say, well, you know, it's worth considering this and that and so on and so forth, diminished capacity and what have you. And then the feminists will come in and say, you can't discuss this. Well, there was an instance where a man mm. – here's, here's a good example because this is uh, – it's, diff- it's really difficult turf. There was a guy who was – Accused by a woman of rape because she'd woken up in his bed and couldn't remember what had happened the night before. Okay. Anything. She couldn't remember anything. It wasn't a she said he raped her 
because she could remember this and he said he hadn't because he could remember something else. Yeah. She couldn't remember anything about the night. And so the case was dismissed in court. Yeah. And Richard Dawkins said something on Twitter that was immediately caused great outrage. He said something like, well, of course, if you don't have evidence in a case, it can't, you can't convict a man of rape. Mm-hmm. Something like that, which seems really reasonable, but yep. because it's out of his turf or because it's on this in this like victim blaming area, mm. there was just this like, how dare you doubt this woman's story? And he said, but she doesn't have a story. She has sort of circumstantial evidence at best. She doesn't yeah. remember anything. And um, so it's just this this kind of school where. I th- I think I'd probably fall on his side of the story. Yeah, in that case. But his, a, yeah. his argument mirrors the arguments that are made by men's rights activists that are like, well, would, wouldn't it be horrible to be put in jail if you were an innocent man? And it absolutely would. Yeah. And I think it absolutely would be a horrible thing to be put in jail if you're an innocent man. And I would tell, you know, a daughter or a son of mine, regardless, be careful about how much you drink because when you're drinking, you don't think clearly. And, you know, if that's, I know for a fact that a lot of the people who I drink with socially are comedians Mm. because comedians are predominantly my friends. It's my large um, social circle there. I know that when I drink too much, I get really huggy and my legs go. I'm one of those girls who, like, I can have a couple of drinks and stand up quickly and already I'm like, oh, God, I'm a little bit dizzy. Yeah. So early on in my career, I realized that despite the fact that I love comedians as friends, this was a, these were also my work colleagues. This was a professional circle. I don't look great when I drink, probably cut down drinking around comedians. You know, these are things that you learn the hard way. Um, I think that if you, if your social circle was all friends and you had a bit more freedom to really get pissed around people a lot, it would be quite tricky because when you get drunk, you do stupid things and it's uh, my, yeah, my recommendation would just be to be careful on either side of things, whether you're a girl or a guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the I, risks you run are different. Um, Both equally traumatizing, but different. There was a good article by a guy who was, I think a Cambridge guy and he lists all the times he got drunk Yeah, and ended up somewhere incredibly stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, asleep on some stairs in the, you know, freezing cold of winter and someone picked him up and took him inside and yeah. let him sleep on their couch and nobody wrapped him. And there was this other time where he crashed his bike when he was drunk and somebody helped him get up and, you know, took him to the hospital and so on and nobody raped him. Yeah. And all those stories where you go, okay, so the risks you run as a guy are very different from the risks you run as a girl. Not Well, that, that all comes back to what I think the core is of the only difference being that Men are physically stronger than women. That is the only reason why there is disparity is because men are physically stronger than women. No matter how much I train at boxing, no matter how good I get, if I'm in a difficult situation and there is a man and he chooses to hit me, that will knock me out. Like This is the other thing. This is, I guess, my difficult idea of the day and you can figure out uh, what your one is. Um, There is a lot of behaviour that's totally unacceptable that's being done by women Mm -hmm. that you would not tolerate if it was being done by a man. Yeah, I mean, this we touched on with the previous podcast we did where I have an issue with all-female lineups. Uh, there was a gig the other day where no men were allowed in the audience. Yeah. I find that offensive. Yeah. I don't think that should be allowed. Um, 
you know. I think it's, I mean, you have social things that are, you're redressing a very long thing where, there, you know, there weren't women allowed in parliament for many mm. hundreds of years. So I, I sort of understand those arguments. But we're trying to set an example now. Yeah. So I think the, the situation that annoys me. Yeah. And I've been in this situation where I was really furiously angry, um, which happens rarely, and I was <laughs> shouting. Okay. And the person I was with, who was a guy, was like, you can't shout at me. Yeah. If I was shouting at you, you would have a massive problem with that. Yeah. Because it's a threatening thing to do. Yes, it is. And my reaction was, but of course, I couldn't hurt you. I'm a girl. Mm. It doesn't make it any more acceptable. And this kind of behavior, like, where, so think about a drunk person who's just been dumped showing up at 3 a.m. in the morning on your doorstep crying. Yep. If that is a girl, that's a different situation from if it's a guy. If it's a guy, there's a threat of violence, there's, a, there's an underlying unacceptableness. But people seem to be okay with it when it's a girl. And it's, it is because we are not as physically strong. We are going to have a lot more trouble breaking down a door. We're going to have a lot more trouble overpowering a guy do you know what i mean yeah, it, 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 even so even so we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard you need if to we control wish, yourself if we wish to be treated a certain way you need and to be civilized and that's the thing you can't have it both ways you can't believe you live in a time where if a guy upsets you you can slap him in the face and not expect that, he that men are going to hit you, you back in the face yeah. you know and regardless of what the damage is done if i if i slap a guy in the face it's gonna sting and that's probably about it yeah. But it doesn't matter. I have to hold myself to a certain standard if I want to be treated Which a certain way. It doesn't make it acceptable for him to hit you back. Oh, gosh, no. But then again, if he did hit me back, if a man hit me, I would be going to the police right away. Yeah. I would, you know what I mean? But if he went to the police, if I slapped him, it would seem weird and trivial, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think that's acceptable. I think that we really do. You need to constantly be going, if this was the other way around, would I feel okay about it? Well, I think part of growing up is being able to control sort of wild emotional outbursts. And mm. guys get taught that earlier because the implications of their wild emotional outbursts... It's um, just a plane flying overhead. It sounds like it's in the room, though. It's worrying. Um, <laughs> yeah, the implications of their wild emotional outbursts are potentially deadly in a mm. way that girls are less often so. Yeah, women will get... Um, labeled crazy mm. and that is a term that oh god it shits me if a woman is acting yeah outrageously she's crazy she's a crazy lady um men on the other hand yeah it's more of their um they're aggressive and yeah. all that sort of thing and uh yeah you're right we um we aren't taught to rein that shit in as much but i think it's also because women are from a very young age told that we're emotional and that we're flighty and that we feel things much more than men. Like I, I, for a lot of my life, was, yeah, led to believe that men don't really have the deep level of emotion that women do, <laughs> which, is, which is wrong and incredibly incorrect. And No, what they don't have more is they don't have a solid, I think it's a link between the right and left brain or something, Right. so that it's more difficult for them to articulate emotions when they have them. They're more confused about their emotions when it comes to saying what they are and what they're feeling and how they're feeling at any given time. Yeah. Apparently, according to brain structure stuff. Possibly. I mean, I also just know that there are some times it's just some people are better at 
explaining how they're feeling. I can go through days where just getting the words out about how I'm feeling are impossible. So I just go quiet. You know what I mean? It's, I think different people, yeah, handle things differently, but absolutely back to what you said. It's, it is tricky because there are a lot of women who are wanting feminism, but then in the attempt to get it, acting horrible and discriminating against men and it just doesn't work it's unfortunately just going to keep yeah, a negative their defense going. to be the fact that they are discriminating against men is well we are addressing a, a balance mm. you can't accuse me of being mean to men because men were mean to women for a long time yeah and i think that is a very very unuseful way of no, approaching be- a problem because it's not going to fix anything. It's a biblical eye for an eye kind of approach that we should be more civilized than to indulge in. Yeah, and you know we really do need to band together positively. On the front cover of the Age today uh, was something that the um the wage no the wealth uh, gap between men and women, young men and women, has actually gotten wider in the past ten years, mm-hmm. which was baffling and really upsetting to read. So the way that we going about it obviously isn't working um this has been such a good conversation it's been a good one yeah um how confusing it's all confusing but i love it um thank you very much tegan higginbotham where can people find you online uh they can find me mostly on twitter at tegan mh or on instagram i'm doing a lot of stuff on instagram nowadays at tegan mh as well uh i think so it's tegan higginbotham i don't know i set it up ages ago and i haven't looked since well, go to tegan's twitter and then and then there's a link, a link yeah there is a link the there. instagram excellent thank you so much mm-hmm.